Guidelines Health. Better health begins here. It's time for Better Health Radio, brought to you by Tidelands Health. Here's Bill Klaproth. The Zika virus has been in the news for months now as fears are on the rise with reported cases in Florida and many other parts of the world. So how serious of a threat is this and what do we need to know? With me is Dr. Brintha Vasagar, a physician at Tidelands Health. Dr. Vasagar, thank you so much for your time today. First off, let's talk about Zika and pregnant women. What are the risks? Absolutely. So the scariest part of Zika is certainly the risk of transmission to a baby. For the average person, only one in five people will have any symptoms at all. Um, And those are usually mild, things like fever, rash, headaches, and they last less than a week. But we do know that if a pregnant woman gets Zika, there's about a 1% to 10% risk of passing that on to the baby. And that's when we see some really serious health concerns. That's when we see things like microcephaly, which is a small uh, head, which also means a small brain, some pretty severe birth defects, um, changes in vision, hearing difficulties, and in the worst situations, miscarriage or stillbirths. So if a pregnant woman is infected with the Zika virus, there's a 1 in 10 chance that her baby will be um, infected as well and possibly be born with microcephaly. I just want to make sure I'm clear on that. So that risk of transmission is anywhere between 1%, so 1 in 100, to 10%, 10 in 100. Um, And we're not really sure what exactly that rate is because this is such a new disease and there's so much unknown about it. And how do you get tested then? Should women living in a a Zika area just by matter of course go to get tested? Who should go get tested for this? So we're lucky. Um, In a lot of other countries, Zika is so prominent that they do recommend some testing. But here in the United States, we're not so high risk yet anyway that we recommend testing for anybody. So the only people who need to be tested here are if you have been to a country with one of those high risks listed by the CDC. And we don't have the best testing mechanisms right now. We know that we can do blood work, we can do urine, but what exactly is available depends on your area and your health, local health department. So you mentioned a few symptoms before. Can you go through those once again? How do you know if you have Zika or even think that, oh gosh, I may have this? What are the symptoms again? Exactly. And it's, it's actually, again, only one in five people who are infected will have any symptoms at all, which is kind of the scary part because those four out of five people with no symptoms can still pass on Zika. But those symptoms are generally mild, nothing more than your common cold, maybe a fever, maybe a rash, maybe some joint pain, headaches. Um, and all of those symptoms generally last less than a week. So if you do get infected with Zika... You're not going to die from this. It doesn't sound like it's serious. You're going to have serious medical problems. Is that correct? It's really for a pregnant woman. That's where the real serious issues happen. Exactly. For most people, they won't even know they ever had it. So this is really something, a call to arms for pregnant women. If they're in a Zika-infested area, that's where you really have to take the precautions, really be aware of this. So it's really a public health issue. So right now, there have been about 1,700 cases in the United States, and those have mostly been linked to travel. So people going to these Zika-infested areas, coming back with the disease. Um, But this week has actually been a really hot topic for Zika because we now have 14 confirmed cases in Miami, which have been spread from person to person. 
Now, I want to stress that it's not a spread directly from person to person, but when a mosquito that specifically can carry this disease bites one of those people and then bites another person, that's how we have this spread. So to protect our pregnant women, we all sort of need to be vigilant and need to be very aware of whether or not we're passing this on to other people in our communities. So that's why this uh, outbreak could be very worrisome, like you just said. So if a mosquito carrying Zika uh, bites me, then another mosquito comes by five minutes later and bites me, then that mosquito then has Zika in it, and then it may go sting somebody else. So that's kind of how this virus will spread. Am I correct on that? That's correct. And it, it's a little bit confusing. People think that this is going to spread everywhere because those mosquitoes fly everywhere. But realistically, it's based on human travel. So where the humans are traveling with that virus, that's the biggest spreading point. Okay. So besides mosquito bites, how can Zika spread then? So like we mentioned, there's also the transmission from mother to baby. Um, and it can also be set, spread sexually. So if we think your partner has had a travel exposure, um, certainly condoms for about six months. Okay, and what about blood? Is there, you know, is there a, somebody's cut or bleeding? Is that any blood transmission at all? We don't have any known blood transmission, um, just, you know, being around somebody who's been cut. There is some thought that it could be passed by blood transfusions, and blood transfusions are being screened, but we have very few cases related to that. So how can we protect ourselves from Zika? Absolutely. So there's so many ways. Um, most of them revolve around controlling mosquito populations. So avoid any areas where there's standing water. Certainly if you can be indoors, protected by screens on your doors and windows, and with air condition running, um, that's certainly the best way to keep yourself protected. You should also be using um, mosquito repellents, particularly those approved by the Environmental Protection Agency with chemicals in them that we know protect against specific strain of mosquito. Um, you can't use mosquito repellents on children under two months old, so in those cases, be sure to use mosquito nets covering their strollers if they do need to go outside. Um, and of course, as we've already mentioned, if you or your partner have been exposed to Zika and you are planning on getting pregnant or are already pregnant, be sure to use condoms or abstain from sex for about six months. So if a woman goes in and gets tested and it's found that she is infected with Zika, what are the protocols then? Are there any ways to treat that person? So again, because the mother or the woman in this case doesn't really have so much of a risk to herself, our main recommendation is that she would wait at least eight weeks before trying to get pregnant. For men, interestingly, we think the infection sticks around in their bodies a little bit longer, which is why if they've had a known infection, they are advised to wait about six months before trying to achieve pregnancy. Hence, that's why you're saying, you know, uh, uh, you should wear a condom then if you're going to have sex, obviously, um, for that six-month period, right? Absolutely. So, again, if, so if a pregnant woman does get tested and they have Zika, are you able to treat the woman, or are you just kind of wait and see what happens? Is there anything you can do? Unfortunately, we don't have any good treatments right now. They're mostly supportive care, um, symptom management, lots of rest and fluids and Tylenol for pain. 
Um, but there are vaccines that are in the works. Hopefully by 2018, if there's still the, the pressing need, we should have a vaccine to prevent against Zika. Um, they're in phase one clinical trials right now, just kind of checking for safety before we disseminate that to the public. So I know you don't have a crystal ball, but obviously we're hearing reports of this in Florida and the vaccines aren't ready yet. Do you think this is something that's going to spread, you know, in the United States uh, upward towards the Midwest, uh, you know, out West? What do you think about that? I mean, gosh, I hope not. But to be realistic, I think that is something that we're going to see. Um, Interestingly, it is starting to burn itself out in Latin America because once you've had the infection, whether you've had symptoms or not, you do possess an immunity. Um, But because we have less and less of that immunity in the United States, since we haven't had that much Zika, I think this might be a year where we see much more of it than we would typically. Um, Actually, the states which are most susceptible this year because of um, people's travel plans, the number of mosquitoes they have, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas are probably where we'll see this the most. Right. And winter, uh, well, I guess it's always warm down south for the most part. So, you know, if it does get up north into the uh, upper Midwest where you do have a very cold winter, would that kill it off every year? It's hard to say. Um, I believe that Zika will still stick around just because we are part of a global network where people continue to travel and mosquitoes will come back as the weather improves. Right. So I guess so. the good news in all of this is that for the majority of Americans that get this, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to cause severe medical issues. But really, the risk is for pregnant women here. Absolutely. And we do have so many good ways to protect ourselves and avoid getting Zika in the first place. Right. And it's just that good common precautions that you would take against mosquitoes anyways. Just make sure you're doubling down on that and doing that correctly. Absolutely. And remembering that the mosquitoes that carry Zika can bite you during the day and at night. And I think that's something that people are surprised by because usually we expect mosquitoes around dusk, but these are mosquitoes that are all day long. Right. And is there anything that I haven't asked you yet about Zika that we should know about? Just to remember that as much fear that is out there, there's ways to protect yourself. And for most people, this isn't going to be life-threatening. And I think that's what's the important part, Dr. Vasagar. Thank you so much for repointing that out. There is so much fear and talk about this that I think there is a, a bit of a panic apprehension for this. So thank you so much for pointing that out to us. And lastly, why should someone choose Tidelands for their health care needs? So in Zika in particular, this isn't about treating just one person. It's about the entire family and the community. And so Tidelands Health and our network of family medicine physicians are are really here to treat the entire family. And we, we hope you come see us so we can give you some personalized care and help you assess your particular risk in this situation. Well, Dr. Vaskar, thank you so much for that great information on Zika. We appreciate your time today. And for more information about Tidelands Health Physicians, Services, and Facilities, visit TidelandsHealth.org. That's TidelandsHealth.org. This is Better Health Radio. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.